0: I love that song. I think it's such a great way to kick off worship together. We are so thankful to be with you, even though we're a little bit distanced from one another. You're watching online. Uh, I was watching some of you from Washington. Someone from Cody, Wyoming, I think, mentioned that they were in Wyoming, which sounds about awesome. Montana sounds about awesome right now with the heat that we have here. But wherever you're watching from, so good to gather with you, and uh, we miss you so very much. Now if you just jumped in, if you missed the earlier announcements and some things that were going on, remember there's a little chat bar there just to the side. We'd love to know who you are, where you're watching from. And I think the question of the day was, in your in your normal life, like going through work and neighborhood and hobbies, maybe to the gym and even at church, like who do you miss seeing? Like who do you miss seeing around uh, just in your, in your normal life? Like what would you guys say? Any, anybody you miss? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking specifically of people, because we're sitting in the room today, I was thinking, you know, the clinks sit over here, sometimes first service, sometimes second service, it depends on when their kids wake up in the morning, I think, but um, just right over here, and I was thinking, uh, Nick, uh, a couple different nicks in the church and so i know nick used to sit over here in the first service but then he kind of slipped back he's been sitting up here i miss nick and uh in the second service I, I miss our other friend nick who sometimes sits up in the balcony where we can't see exactly where he sits but man i miss so many people who are you gonna say Yeah, Miss Esther in the second service, who sits right next to the sound booth. I miss Miss Esther, who's been a part of our church for so long. But we miss seeing you. Now, you know, even though it's it's been disconnected in some ways, we still are a community and we're following Jesus and we're learning to love. And so this this concept of being a community is a little challenged in a day like this. Uh, and we're doing as cameron and and sarah were talking about we're doing all that we can to think creatively moving into the fall what does it mean to connect in some smaller groups uh, in a safe way so that developing community is so very important to us as a church, it's what a church is as a community. And so as those things roll out, just remember to to try to jump in as much as you can. Sometimes that means taking a risk and and experimenting maybe with some technology that you've never done before. Um, So we wanna develop community, we wanna follow Jesus. We want Jesus to be the center of everything. We wanna be shaped by his life so we're striving to follow Jesus and then we're learning to love. And uh, Ryan, our, our missions pastor, uh, who's online this morning as well. So Ryan's been talking about ways that we as a church can serve even, even in these days. I know this last week we, we kicked off our backpack drive, and it's just school supplies to, to benefit. Uh, teach One to Lead One and you Mom. and you Mom is the shelter here in Phoenix. We want to really gear those kids up to be able to have school, whether that's in person or distance learning, whatever that looks like. So thanks for, for jumping in and being a part of that. Now this week, we're going to have a, a community Bible reading plan. We've been doing this a few times throughout the summer, and uh, we don't want you to miss this. Uh, it's, it's called Tuning In to God, and to find it, if you just type in bit.ly slash It'll it'll take you right to the Uversion app. You can sign up to be a part of that reading plan. It's been fun just to walk through some reading plans. I know Jason's been on a couple of them. Um, It's been fun to be on those reading plans and just commenting and connecting with people uh, maybe that you haven't seen for a while, maybe that you don't even know. So jump into the reading plan with us. We'd love to have you reading along with us. Now today, uh, I want to catch us up just a little bit on what we've been walking through as a church together in our teachings Uh, that are built around this idea, the concept, life is liturgy. And then I want to introduce a concept that I think is very applicable to this day and age. And I want to dig into that a little bit scripturally and see where God might take us with that. Cool? Are we good? Okay, so life is liturgy. Liturgy, the word liturgy is an interesting word. It literally means the work of the people. So if you were to try to translate it back to its original language and meaning, it means the work of the people. And over time, it became this uh, expression of public worship. So liturgy... Liturgy was this maybe flow of worship that was became a regular practice of, of people in a public sphere. So liturgy is almost this public act of worship or public flow of worship. So whether you've been like in a Catholic church in the past or maybe an Episcopal church, every church has some sort of liturgy. We even as a church, we, we usually don't call it that, but we have a flow of worship which is normal for us. Uh, it's one of the things I really miss in this season is our worship stations, which give us an opportunity to connect with God in many different ways, like lighting candles, uh, taking communion, writing some prayers, and put them, putting them on the prayer wall. I miss that liturgy of worship. But uh, what Paul says in, in Romans is he, he, he turns the tables a little bit, and he talks about this idea of worship being this public expression, and he says, now... I wanna challenge you to offer your your whole bodies or your whole self as worship. Like your life is a liturgy. The way that you live every single day, what you think about, how you speak, what you listen to, like your life is a liturgy. It's worship before God. It's a public display of your worship before God. And so he walks us into this and in Romans chapter 12, this is the background uh, for the entire series. Uh, Paul says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking about it. In other words, don't just go with the flow of culture. Don't just uh, step into the stream of culture and just start floating along like a lazy river. That sounds good today, like the lazy river just uh, floating along. So don't, don't just float along with culture without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside. So the challenge there is to fix our attention on God rather than just going with the flow of culture. And that's what we've been trying to do in this series is introduce some practices or some regular rhythms that get us out of just a flow of culture and get us fixated, fixing our attention on God so that we might be transformed from the inside. Now, I want to play with two different words that are in this, uh, maybe in the translation that you read, which are conformed and transformed. Two different words. So he says, don't be conformed to the to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So allow God to renew your mind. So these two words are interesting, conform and transform. And when I think about being conformed, I almost think of like a press that is forming like Lego blocks, you know, it's like a press that comes down and puts that form, takes like liquid plastic and forms that. So, com- being conformed means from the outside, you're being formed towards the inside. So, it begins on what's outside and then it forms the internal as well. Being transformed, what Paul is challenge- challenging us toward is to allow God to shape you. Not, it's not from the outside in, But rather, it's from the inside out. It's one of the reasons when we talk about worship at McDowell, we talk about turning your heart and your mind, which are internal toward God, as you turn your attention and your affection towards God, he begins to do something within our souls that eventually makes its way out into the world, but it's a transformation that's from the inside out. So that's the background for the series. That's where we've been walking through, we've been introducing, like I said, these uh, these different patterns, ideas. Last week, Don talked about just the the magnitude of God and and remembering that God is is so strong and so so much bigger than we can imagine, and he has all things in his in his control and in his palms. And we can trust him with that. Um, a couple weeks ago, Cameron talked about uh, Thanksgiving, giving thanks, and, and it's a posture of the heart, and it's stepping out of the flow. Um, of, uh, of, of our culture, which is, is usually not thanksgiving, not giving thanks. Um, it's rather pointing out what we don't agree with, or, and, and so Cameron talked about stepping out of that and, and being intentional about giving thanks to God. So today, I wanna talk about disruption, because I've been thinking a lot about disruption. What the, like, what we're in, this pandemic, is a massive disruption to our lives. Can I get an amen? You can even type amen on there. It's just a disruption. And for for much of this, the last few months, like it's just been driving me crazy, the disruption. I can just keep thinking, we're almost through, like we're gonna get through. And it's like this massive disruption going on. And I've, I've been thinking about disruptions and uh, like how disruptions just change the course of our lives. And I was thinking, when I moved to Phoenix in, in Scottsdale, um, I've never experienced this anywhere, where they shut down the 101 for like it, the entire weekend. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you're just like driving, and then they, they like you know, start merging the lanes down till it gets to one, and then they send everybody off one exit, and then take you down surface streets, and it's backed up for hours. I mean, it's just a huge disruption, and it drives me crazy. And then I was thinking about, there's, there, there's been a lot of talk about business disruption in some positive ways. Uh, I read a story recently about Steve Jobs, who when he was young and working for Apple, he went and uh, toured the Xerox business. You guys remember, anybody knows what Xerox is? Xerox was the leader in business solutions in, in that day. And so Steve went to check out kind of what they were doing and how they were doing it. And when he returned from Xerox, he went to Apple and made everybody quit what they were doing in order to to disrupt the industry and move them in an entirely different direction. And I would say Apple disrupted the, the industry in a massive way in so many different ways. Joe Webb even has an Apple phone now. It's unbelievable, but it's a huge disruption. So disruptions happened. I was thinking about the church and, and the church that I grew up in. And there was this massive disruption that took place. I, I Like I, part of me doesn't even want to talk about it, but there used to be these things called hymn books and hymnals. And, and they would be like in the, the seat in front of you and you would take them out. And as a kid, it was like a coloring book until my parents found out what I was doing. But it was like these songs and these songs in, in the in hymnal were called hymns. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And hymns had, like, different harmonies that you could actually sing along. You actually learned music by singing hymns. And hymns had been a part of the church for a long time. But then there was uh, this family named the Gaithers, and they started writing what was called um, praise choruses, and there was this massive disruption. You guys know what I'm talking about, this massive disruption in the church, like, wait, we gotta sing hymns because that's what we've always done, and then we realized, no, we actually didn't always sing hymns, and hymns, a lot of times, the, the, the musical, uh, it was taken from bar songs, which a lot of people don't even know, and we were singing bar songs in the church and all this crazy stuff, but it was a big disruption to the church, and now it's just a part of life that we sing these like songs that just are expressions of our hearts. It was a massive disruption in the church, So we're in the middle of this disruption in the current moment of our lives. Uh, We're we're kind of locked down. We're wearing masks, which is totally new in our culture. And all of this disruption. And it's easy to to begin to believe that in the middle of a disruption, like God has removed himself, like that he was either in the past or he's going to be in the future, but we just have to get through to where God is, and we just are annoyed by the current disruption, and we just want to get back to what we are getting to. Uh, I was reading, I was reading a, a book that talks about being present in the moment, so trying not to live in the future or in the past, but to live in the current moment, and, and Boyd wrote this. He said, while the true God lives in the now, false gods live in the past or the future, And chasing them, chasing those false gods that live in the past or the future to find our worth or significance always takes us out of the present moment. Now, isn't that an interesting thought? That we oftentimes, we live in the past like the good old days, like why can't we do things like we used to do them, or this future ideal of what we want to get to, and these false gods of what was in the past or in the future take us from the current moment that we're in the disruption that we're living in right here and right now. I was thinking about Moses in the Old Testament, how Moses was going about his daily, his ordinary tasks of in the wilderness with uh, probably some sheep, and he was kind of tending the, the sheep, and there was this massive disruption, this, this this bush that was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. It wasn't being consumed, and, and Moses had this choice just to to go on and and go with the flow of his normal day or to stop and be present in the moment that was, the disruption that was taking place. And Moses took a moment to step aside and he had to take off his shoes because he was on holy ground, like sacred space, because God was present. God spoke to Moses and it changed the entire course of his life and the Israelites. And it's interesting in that, that, that moment with God and Moses is all worried like, God says, I've heard the Israelites cry, and I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. And you, if you remember the story, um, Moses is all freaked out. He's like, but I don't speak well. I won't have the right words. Like, he's fearful about some future moment. God saying, don't worry about that. Like, I will be with you, and I will, in the present moment, give you exactly what you need. It's like God is always in the present with us in the midst of distractions. I think about parenting. I mean, this is a side sermon. Real quick, is that okay? Side sermon? Um, I think about parenting and how in parenting, oftentimes, like every stage is different. Parenting young, the young ones, and then the toddlers, and then the elementary kids. I mean, every stage is different. And sometimes as parents, the the tendency is to say, I can't wait to get to the next stage. Like we want to get out of the present into the future so that we don't have to deal with the struggles of what's in this moment. And it's God who lives in the moment Of the day in the present of the day and we chase what was or what is and here's what I believe about disruptions and I'm coming to learn this more and more and I've got a long way to go because I find myself just like you like hoping that life gets back to normal whatever that is one day but disruptions can be invitations into the presence of God like disruptions, if we'll pay attention, disruptions can be invitations into the presence of God, and it's almost always the case that when we get into the presence of God, we become transformed by His Spirit. And it might be that this moment, this disruption in our culture, in your life, in my life, in the regular flow, could be an invitation from God to slow down and pay attention and become Transformed to be transformed by His Spirit from the inside out. In Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, um, the the verse that we all like memorize. If you grew up in the church, you guys twenty-nine eleven. Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven. You, what you're about to say, it John. For I know the for I know the plans I have for you. Right. Yeah. We remember this verse. This is like one of our favorite verses. But like. If you just read two more verses, listen to what what, what God says through Jeremiah, which I think is such a promise to us today. Here it is. If you will look for me with your whole heart, you will find me. Now, isn't that a great promise? The idea of I know the plans that I have for you, says, says the Lord. That's a great verse, a good one to memorize. I mean, we have to talk about context and all that. But this promise where God says, if you will search for me, like, if you'll look for me in the midst of the disruption, in the midst of the frustration and the chaos of the moments you just wanting to get ahead or go back to what was, if you will take time, slow down, and pay attention in the moment, and you'll look for me with your whole heart, it's there that you'll find me. Ah, oh, what a promise. I, I love that promise. And we're going to sing this song. I think we've, we've sung it a couple times now as a church But it talks about the promises of God, that it doesn't really matter what we can see. You know, it it doesn't really matter what we may feel. The truth is God is here. He's present with you wherever you are right now. Some of you in great pain and distress and frustration, God is with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you and maybe this disruption is just an invitation to slow down and pay attention to his presence and be transformed in this moment. So God, we hold on to your promises which are true and it doesn't matter what we what we see or what we feel that your promises that that's where our hope lies and so we anchor ourselves in that today in Jesus name. So so are you holding on to to God's promises in this current disruption of of your life, how, how are we doing you know, in, the, in the disruption that is our current environment in our world? You know, disruptions don't have to be seen, they don't need to be seen as disappointments or disasters all around us. And many of us feel that way. We feel like this, uh, this disruption is, is a disappointment or it's a distraction or a disaster. Uh, but disruptions might just be the alarm that we've long needed to wake up and pay attention to something. Isn't that an interesting thought that the disruption might be this alarm signaling us to wake up and pay attention to what's going on, to maybe the ways that we've been living, an alarm to to transform us, to move in a new direction, to not... Uh, be conformed, not just go with the flow of culture, but to wake up and and readjust the way that we're living based on the Spirit's work in us. I think about Jesus, and Jesus in in the Scripture, if you read through the stories of Jesus, like he just lived in the moment. It just seems like Jesus, uh, he had a a clear vision of what he was called to do and where he was called to go, but he lived in the moment, and it it seems like he, he wasn't afraid to be disrupted or distracted by what was around him because he saw it as an opportunity to, to, to lead people into the presence of God, which would train, change them, transform them. I remember the little kids. Do you remember this story where Jesus had been teaching and he was kind of tired and the disciples were, were done and there were a bunch of kids running around? And we've seen this happen like in real life, kids running around and you're like, would you just leave me alone for a few minutes? And the, the disciples do this. They like take these kids and they try to like move them out of the way and Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like they're not a distraction. Like, like kids are, are to be welcomed into our presence. they like, bring the kids to me. And so like he blesses them and he's like, unless you become like these children, like you won't even get to see the kingdom of God, like living in the moment. Like that was Jesus. And in his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. So if you read Matthew five, six and seven, if you don't read anything else in the entire Bible, just read those ver- those verses from Matthew chapter 5 through through 7. I think it kind of summarizes everything that Jesus wants us to, to know. And in the middle of it in chapter 6 he says this, seek first. He's talking about um, he, he's talking about uh, our our propensity to, our our tendencies to like always worry about everything, like the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat. He's like talking about all this. And Jesus says I mean, look at the birds, and you think, was Jesus a bird watcher? Like, look at the birds. Like, you want us to take time to look at the birds? Like, the birds are annoying a lot of times. You know, the pigeons those, and the mornings, how loud they are, it's kind of annoying, and Jesus is like, no, no, look, like, look at the birds. Like, he wants us to slow down and, and actually look at the birds, and he's like, they don't worry. They don't worry about what they're going to eat, and and yet God provides exactly what they need. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? And then he says, go look at the, the, the lilies of the field. Now, if you're in Phoenix right now, there's there's no lilies or dandelions. I mean, it's, I saw some uh, flowers on some cactus this week, I think, which are beautiful. But Jesus is like, just look at those. And you worry so much about the clothes that you wear, but look, look at what God gives to them, how he clothes the, those The lilies of the field, and like you're so much more valuable than that. And so then Jesus says, This seek first the kingdom of God, the most important of things, above everything else. Like seek God's kingdom and live in the right way, live righteously, do the right thing, and God will give you everything you need. Like you don't have to, like you can live in the moment. You don't have to always be chasing and worrying about what's ahead. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, will bring its own worries. And then you might worry that tomorrow's gonna have worries, which you don't need to do. Like, just worry about today. Don't worry about the potential worries of tomorrow. Like, worry about today. Today's trouble is enough for today. I, I think Jesus is constantly, by the way he lives and by his such as, he's he's constantly inviting us to be present, to be present in the moment. Because it's in that moment, that's where God shows up. Not in some future potential or some past uh, ideal, but like in that moment, God shows up in the moment to transform us by a spirit. Boyd um, that the, I mentioned I was reading, um, he says this, "Never suppose that God is more there than here, or more then than now." I love that. It's kind of confusing, but never. Never suppose that God is more there, if only I was there, then maybe God would show up. No, never suppose that God is more there than He is right here, because God is right here, and never suppose that God is more then than He is now. Sometimes we think about the good old days, and if we could just get back to where, Robin, when we were driving in this morning, um, we were coming down 124th Street, and I jokingly said, hey, I'm gonna park at the school in, in case the parking lot's full this morning. And um, she was like, you remember that when people actually parked in the parking lot at church? And uh, we were kind of joking about then. And I was like, man, God was there. Like, we were running out of parking at the church. We were talking about how we needed a shuttle to get people from the school to here. And and then I was like, no, no, but God is still in the moment. Like, God is still here. And in many ways, maybe reaching more people than we've ever imagined through the, the the technology that we now have. Like, never suppose that God is more there when a parking lot was full than He is right now, right here, in the midst of wherever it is and whatever it is that we're walking through. There was a man a long time ago named Nicholas, Nicholas Herman, and um, he he had this desire to be um, kind of a monk, or he wanted to be a part of a, a religious order, and so he joined this religious order, and they gave him the task of uh, peeling potatoes, which sounds a lot of fun, like like a lot of fun. And so he was peeling potatoes and he was a cook. And he decided that he wanted to know that God was in the ordinary. And he said, this, the challenge is to realize that God is in every ordinary moment of your day. That's the challenge. And so he he took this, this mindset of, I am going to try to live as much as I can. I'm going to see if I can't become aware of God's presence in every moment of my day. Now, that sounds crazy. Like, like the spiritual among us might say, oh, I'm always aware of God's presence. But the reality is we, we kind of move on and our mind goes everywhere. So he wanted to try to work on becoming aware in every moment, in every task of every day, peeling potatoes, that he, like God was there in the midst of peeling potatoes and cooking and doing whatever was set in front of him. Now, he later became known as Brother Lawrence. Many of you will know him as Brother Lawrence. And uh, after his life, they, I, I think they published his book, uh, which was kind of his, his journal, which was the practice of the presence of God. And the idea was just become aware in your moments. Like, what would that look like for you? And this is what he said. Uh, this is just from, from his book. Think often on God by day, by night, in your business and in your diversions. He is always near you and with you. Leave him not alone. And Like, I read that, and I was like, leave him not alone. Like, I feel like God leaves me alone. And then it kind of turns the tables on, oh, sometimes I leave God alone. Like, I find myself wandering from him. He's not wandering from me. Like, I'm wandering from him. And this thought of think on God by day, by night, your business, your diversions. He's always near you and with you. Leave him not alone. So this week, the challenge for us is to practice the presence of God in the ordinary moments, not thinking about what was or what's to come, but to practice the presence of God in the moment. It's why we picked the the plan that we're going to be reading together, the version plan. We'd love to have you be a part of that, but to practice in whatever it is that you're facing, the presence of God in that moment. And I'm going to say a prayer and we're going to sing um, one last song. But for some of you, I, I want to invite you maybe for the first time in a long time to turn your heart and your mind toward God, to practice his presence right now, wherever it is that you are. And maybe you've never entered that mind space. Maybe you've been in religious settings for a long time, but you've never practiced the presence of God. Listen, God is not far from you. Wherever you've been, whatever you've been up to, whatever stage of life, like God is near. And as you turn to him with your heart and your mind, he's with you. You will find him when you seek him with all that you are. And all it takes uh, is this, this mental and this, this affection turning towards him and an invitation, like opening yourself to him. And he promises us to surround us and envelop us us with his love. So you can pray with me wherever you are today. God, we we thank you for the invitation in our regular, ordinary lives to be present with you because you are here. And because what Christ accomplished on the cross, like we don't have to achieve anything to get to you, but rather just turn our hearts and our minds and open ourselves to you. So for some of us, Maybe it's our first time to become aware of your presence. I pray that your spirit would uh, in some way just draw us close to you so that we might know that you're near. I pray that for all of us that we would this week practice your presence on a regular basis in the ordinary, in the disruptions, in the mundane, in the chaos that we would see you and be transformed. I pray that it would be a lo- an alarm that wakes us up. God, thank you for your love, for pursuing us. And today we just, in return, say we love you. In Jesus' name. God is good, right? He is, and he's with us in every moment and every season and every bit of chaos and disruption in our lives. And let it be an alarm. May, may, may it be an alarm to us to wake up to his presence, to become aware of his presence and be transformed By His Spirit, man, I I can't tell you how much I miss you. I wish we were in this place together, um, but we are where we are, right? And it's it's in the places that we are that God transforms us. Uh, This week, may you practice the presence of God in your business, in your disruptions, in the ordinary and mundane routines that you're a part of. May you know that God is with you. And may you experience his love and his grace and his peace. We can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.